this is Queer Time Podcast, and we'd like to welcome you all back to Season 2. Last season, we covered a lot, from politics and new laws to LGBT plus representation in the media. Now that we're back, we guarantee you the road ahead is full of exciting content. We can't wait to share it with you, so stay tuned. Before we dive into our discussion today, we're going to reintroduce ourselves for those of you who are new to our podcast. I'm Maddie, Ace of Spades and Jack of All Trades. I'm Mickey, by Queen of Hearts and Gender Fluid Joker. Hey, my name's Zach. Now that you know who we are, let's get straight into it. So first, would you consider non-binary a gender that's separate from male or female, or just non-binary as not male or female? It's kind of weird, because non-binary, it does mean like you're neither one, right? But with non-binary, there's so many things underneath it, and non-binary is considered part of like the T. Gender fluid is counted as non-binary, agender, pangender, all of those are considered non-binary, since it's using they, them, but it's kind of iffy, because some people say it's neither, it's both. But it more depends on what you personally identify yourself as. Maddie, you have anything to say? I think that it's not really a gender. If we're talking like purely scientific sense, there's male and female, like XX and XY chromosomes. But like, I guess you could think about it in terms of like numbers. Like there's even and odd numbers, but zero is not considered an even or not odd number, but it still exists as a number. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So I think that being non-binary describes not being comfortable with male or female. Like, you said it really depends on the person and how they want to identify if we say that non-binary is a separate gender that's separate from male or female it can probably confuse people more versus if we say that non-binary is just not male or not female people are not comfortable identifying with either one of those people feel dysphoria when they're referred to as a male and feel dysphoria when they're referred to as a female i think that's a lot easier to explain but again it does really depend on how the person chooses to identify okay so i have a question for both of you as people who use they them pronouns how do you respond to pushback against other people refusing to use pronouns or dead naming you so i think part of it is technically it's not grammatically correct it's more people need to get used to it i would understand if someone is not wearing clothes that are specific to a certain gender or something if people are confused about using that pronoun but if you're like someone who is already socially transitioned everyone knows about it or maybe you're a person who's medically transitioned already and people just flat out refuse to use your preferred pronouns that's just there's no point in even talking to that person Mm -hmm. because they clearly just don't have respect for you i just want to move on to the next question yeah yeah so this question is about how can you support trans people when they're transitioning and so i would say the most important thing is to just talk to them and let them know that you're their friend let them know that you're supporting them don't try to ignore them or avoid them just because they're transitioning i think a lot of people fall into that because they feel uncomfortable that someone they've known especially if you've known them for a long time that they're changing they're not really changing or at least they're not changing emotionally it's not going to change your friendship with them in any way i can guarantee that you should just allow them to know that you have space with them where you can make them feel safe during transitioning because it can often be a long and hard road because it takes several years before you know some change can be made especially in the case of the use of estrogen. With testosterone, it usually happens fairly quickly. But even then, it still can be hard. Even like the littlest things can make people doubt themselves or doubt that people really care about them because, you know, they're constantly on edge. Like, is this right? So just let them know that you're always there for them and that, you know, if they always want to talk and express themselves with you, you can do that. Yeah, I think that support is just key and with everything. Just telling them that you respect them, they're valid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, actually, did this because um Alex he was 
one of my first friends in fifth grade. So with it, the only thing I did was support him. There were days where before he cut his hair, he felt invalid like a fake because he didn't cut his hair. He wasn't binding. And there were even times now he'll dress more femininely. But the thing is, no matter how you dress, you're still valid. If you're a trans man and you decide one day, oh, I want to wear a dress, that's fine. Who says men can't wear dresses? It doesn't matter what you wear. You're valid. And your pronouns and your name, you should be able to choose it. Also at the same time though, if some people are confused about that, you know, if like they see someone and they're confused about what that person's identity is, that is fairly common and that might happen. And we also shouldn't judge those people or put them down, Mm -hmm. especially in the case of people who English isn't their first language. Like they can often misgender people on accident Mm -hmm. because not everyone is, has the same education as we do because we're growing up in a generation that has like a very different education than other generations have and that other people in other countries have. So I think, going back to your point about people being confused I think it's also fair to say that just regular people even if English is the first language I think it is their confusion is valid yeah because a lot of adults back when they were young this wasn't as prominent and I think it's fair to say that it's new to them and I think we should give them time and I guess help them understand our experiences as teens in this generation versus their experiences as teens you know sometimes people make like a super huge deal out of when they're misgendered and stuff if it's someone who like you don't know very well like but like we shouldn't like harass people you just correct them and just say oh it's okay you know if they say they're sorry Mm -hmm. like you don't need to make a big deal out of it because most and most trans people won't make a big deal out of it because not like they want to dwell on that like, it's not like they're going to want to focus on being, mis, you know, misgendered all the time. They just want to be seen as normal. So it's just best to put it behind people when that happens and just get it over with, explain to them, and yeah. Yeah, and by the way, I looked it up. The term genderqueer or non-binary came into use during the mid-1990s. So that's fairly recent. Yeah. Like, we can't expect everyone to switch, like, considering how recent that is. Like, mm-hmm. it was still considered a crime up to, up until, like, Stonewall to be LGBT. So, we kind of need to give people a little bit of time to, like, get a little more used to it than us, especially for the older generation. Yeah, but if people in this generation are just straight up being rude about it, then that's... That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah. different thing, then. Because it's not... if he, As long as people have, like, a valid like excuse like it's not their generation they didn't receive that education but like where we live people don't really have as many of those excuses to (laughs) be like (laughs) because we live in a fairly liberal area and like kids are educated about it now okay on to the next topic so a lot of people have been asking how do you know how you're supposed to identify so i would say that like Identify is a very flexible term and many people associate it with coming out, but your identity, in my opinion, is a constant part of you. It stays the same throughout your entire life and although you may not realize or acknowledge it, it doesn't go away. Coming out refers, in my eyes, to your social identity. So labels falls under your social identity. You can accidentally mislabel yourself, but changing labels doesn't mean you're changing your identity. It just means you're still looking for like that one hat that fits perfectly right instead of the one that's like a little too big. Yeah, personally, when I was in seventh grade, I thought I was full trans. So I would always wear like these really baggy jeans and sweatshirts so that I could hide my chest. But then I realized I wasn't happy with that because there were still days that I wanted to dress feminine. And that's when eighth grade, 
I learned about non-binary through one of my friends at Ralston. And then after they told me about that, I was like, maybe that's what it is. So I started experimenting with it in ninth grade. And then last year, 10th grade, I'm like, oh, that's what I am. So then I came out as that and I've been fine with it ever since. So it's like sometimes people will think they're full trans and others think they're non-binary, but then they realize, oh, I'm actually FTM or MTF trans. And that's fine. It takes a while for you to find your identity. Some people will have to experiment for years. Some people will just figure out in a few months. It doesn't matter. You're still valid. So first, revisiting the question, how do you know how you're supposed to identify? There's no solid way in which you can say like, do this and you'll automatically know how you identify. Like take this one internet quiz and your whole life will be decided for you. That's not how the world works. Your identity is your identity and it's you to decide whether you want to put a label on it or not. And you know, like, you don't have to be pressured into putting a specific label on it or not. You have the choice to wait and like process it for a while. Like if people are telling you that you sound gay or something, that doesn't mean you're gay. It's low-key kind of problematic because you're just associating more stereotypes with that group. Okay, straight men can be feminine. There's nothing that's stopping you from being feminine. And I feel like we live in a society and that's, and even like gay people will like perpetuate that. You know, like we'll call other yeah, people I, and ask if they're gay just because they're feminine. And there are people who may feel uncomfortable identifying a certain way. So just, you know, be careful if you're just gonna assume someone's identity like that. There are some people who are not cisgender or not hetero and they don't want to identify with the LGBTQ community. That's also important as well. So the bottom line is that you decide how you want to identify and you're in like no rush to do so. Just take your time and you can experiment with things. But just make sure that if you're like watching someone experiment with things, don't judge them for it if they change their identity. Because especially if they're like a teenager, teenagers are still kids and we still yeah. need to figure out stuff. Refrain from judgment, at least for the time being. If it's someone who's like an adult and they're like, you know, still going through this, still offer them your support. I mean, people who are adults can still figure out their lives. Like there are obviously people who like change jobs until they find a job that's right for them. It's the same with your identity. Midlife crisis. <laughs> you shouldn't judge people at all. And with the whole thing about straight men looking gay, there's also just guys who like other guys. Yeah, you can still be masculine and be gay. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, also there's uh, there are gay men who perpetuate toxic masculinity and stuff and do stuff that's toxic and will say sexist things and misogynistic things. So there's nothing that like prevents someone from being problematic just because they're like one minority identity. And that concludes episode one, season two of Queer Time Podcast. Links to our email and social media will be in the description where you can follow us for special updates and behind the scenes content and or share your thoughts on this episode with us. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time.